Well, we've uh, had two great messages thus far in October Outreach Month. Uh, Pastor Kat <coughs> kicked things off with the, the reminder and the challenge to be people of prayer. Uh, not, not just doing, but before we do, to pray, to be, uh, to, to, to be and not just do. And uh, then uh, Deb, last week, uh, what it meant to be people of peace. And both of them, I thought, had, had great insights in, in different ways uh, through those uh, messages that, that God had for us. And so today, as, uh, as I mentioned earlier, we're at the mid, midpoint of October, the, the third Sunday. And uh, so we're going to look at what it means to be people of love, what it means to be people of love. A highlight of my recent uh, long service leave time as uh, we covered uh, nearly 18,000 kilometres uh, around uh, our diverse country, was going to, and not only going to, but going into, for me, this is what I really wanted to do, was going to, in, uh, to and into a lot of thermal springs along the way. And uh, so where, wherever we could, I found our way to a thermal spring. From, uh, from outback New South Wales in Li at Lightning Ridge, to outback Queensland in Hot Springs, to into the Northern Territory, where, uh, where we went to uh, Bitter Springs at Mataranka and then across to Berry Springs. I loved it. So I'm going to give you a little bit of a glimpse of these thermal springs, kind of like outdoor baths, really. Just the, these beautiful wa water and rivers and streams and pools. Let's start with Lightning Ridge. Lightning Ridge, how many people have been to Lightning Ridge? Oh, not many. Yeah, it's, it's off the beaten track. There I am, a cooper and all, just just taking it easy in uh, in in the Lightning Ridge uh, and and in the Lightning Ridge uh, pool there. Uh, pretty uh, pretty good. Pretty pretty warm. Pretty warm, but loved it. And uh, people go there. Uh, the the uh, people really like them for a lot of reasons. But one of the reasons is that they're thought to be quite therapeutic. And uh, so, really enjoyed that one. Then, then we went to Enot Springs in outback Queensland. Now that one, how many have been to that one? Yeah, Heather has. That one's just in, in, in the river. So it look, yes, it looks like I'm just lying in a pile of mud. <laughs> but uh, but uh, sure enough, uh, it, it's just a river. And that one was almost, I would say, almost volcanic in parts. Because you'd go over to, to a section and it'd be scorching hot. And uh, the, the, uh, too much. You'd, you'd, you'd try and find the spot that was just right. And uh, I managed to talk to a lady there uh, who was quite experienced at this place. And so uh, I was able to get, get, a, get a spot just alongside her, uh, which, uh, which the temperature was nice and balmy, but not scorching. Then into the, into the Territory. And uh, we'll take a look at a couple of ones there. There, there I'm relaxing, just, just letting life, uh, just really going down the river at uh, Mataranka Springs. Magnificent place. Anybody been, uh, been, been there? Ah, yes, few takers on that one. Just cruising downstream for a kilometre or two and a beautiful, uh, beautiful spot and uh, just, uh, just enjoying soaking it all in. And last but not least, we go to Berry Springs. And uh, there I am at, at Berry Springs. A bit, bit further up in the Territory, closer to Darwin, and just uh, enjoying a nice soak there. Well, the reality is, I had no problems in getting into those thermal springs, unlike the man that Marg read to you about this morning. Today's first Bible reading, he wanted to get down into the, what was known as the Pool of Bethsaida. 
Verse 2 describes it in, in that first reading that Mark read. There is in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethsaida, surrounded by five coloured, uh, covered colonnades. This pool, it, it seems, this pool was also as a type of thermal spring. It was a place where, as verse 3 goes on to describe, uh, many people with needs would come, great physical needs. They would gather there, uh, and uh, their hope was that when the waters would bubble up, that, uh, that, that when they saw the waters bubbling up with what they believed to be healing properties, they would be able to, to get into that pool and, and receive some benefit, benefits from it, and in some cases, be healed. Now... That, that was, uh, uh, that, that was the, uh, the reality at the time for this man. He, he was there by the side. So what was the issue for this man? Well, it's, just, it's described in verse 7. It describes earlier in verse 3, a great number of people used to lie here, the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. But verse 7, when Jesus encounters this man, this is the issue. Sir, he replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. So it's kind of like this, uh, this mad scramble when, uh, when, when the waters are stirred. Uh, everybody, everybody on the side is trying to get in at the same time. And, and this guy just gets put, pushed aside and he misses out. He needed, what did he need? He needed, very simply, someone to come alongside him to make it possible, someone to come alongside him in love, to make it possible for him to have an opportunity to move beyond the place of desperation and despair in his life. Everyone needs alongsiders in their life. Not just that man long ago, but everyone, each of us and everybody else who God has created needs alongsiders in their life at their points of need. While in the case of this man, it was Jesus who came alongside him in love. You and I are the hands and feet of Jesus today. We are called to be people of love who come alongside people at their points of need to express God's love in action. So let's take a closer look at what is involved in being people of love who come alongside others, both from this account of this man in in John chapter 5 and the second reading that Mark read to us from 1 John as well. Well, the starting point for being people of love who come alongside others is very simply to look, to look. Verse 6 says, when Jesus saw him lying there. Now, I'm sure there were plenty of other people that, that, that went by, plenty of other people that just rushed by, but it says Jesus saw him lying there. Jesus looked and Jesus saw brokenness and Jesus saw need before him. None of us have to look too far to see brokenness. As a matter of fact, we just have to look in the mirror each morning and we will see brokenness even in us. We'll see something that's not as it was. We'll see something that isn't as we would hope for it to be. There's brokenness in me. There's brokenness in you. There's brokenness in all of us. But we don't have to look too far around us in life either to see brokenness in the world all around us, in, in a wider sense, but closer to home as well. We can see brokenness in the lives of people we come across, if we're looking, in the course of our family or friendship circles. We can see it in, in our work or st- places of study circles. We can see it in, in our streets, in, our, in, in the lives of our neighbours or, or elsewhere. 
But we also can see it in a wider sense, collectively, in the lives of people that our outreach partners are coming alongside. You've heard this morning a little more about Anthony and Jack, but also the Widows Project, Sports Chaplaincy, all of our outreach partners, Basis, Nates, our Karen Partners meeting at at uh, Morty Alex's site, a Baptist mission team coming alongside uh, uh, Indigenous people in Central Australia that, you, that you'll hear from them uh, in, in a couple of weeks' time in person. And, and all of them are doing exactly this, coming alongside people in love, with Jesus' love, in love and uh, uh, in deed and in word. Michelle and I had the privilege some... Um, years ago, of spending some time with Anthony and Jacqueline in their place of ministry. And we saw firsthand the incredible points of need of people in a holistic way, practically and spiritually. And we saw how Anthony and Jacqueline were coming alongside them with, uh, with, with love. And uh, it, it, it's something that, that imprinted on, on my heart and my mind at that point. I, I was really quite moved uh, by, by what they were doing and how they were doing it. Each of our outreach partners are doing the same and the goals for our giving to them across this month reflect that. If we're not aware of the brokenness of our world, whether it's people we come across in the course of our days or whether it's the people linked in with our outreach partners or whether it's in a wider sense in our world, if we're not aware of the brokenness of our world, then we're simply not looking. We're simply not paying attention. Are you seeking and seeing, are you looking and seeing the needs of a neighbour, the needs of a work colleague or classmate, the needs of a family member or friend or stranger even, someone whose path God may bring you across where there is opportunity to be people of love who come alongside? It starts with looking. But it also involves learning. What do we read here in verses 5 and 6? We read one who was there, one was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Jesus not only looked, but Jesus learned, it tells us. He learned about this man. He learned about his situation. He learned about his struggles. He learned his story. 38 years. Can you imagine that? 38 years of no one coming alongside you. 38 years of just being shoved aside. 38 years, it seems, of not having had love expressed in action. 38 despairing and desperate years, it seems, for this man. I can't, I can't begin to imagine. So I think back to 38 years in my life. I, I was uh, barely out of high school 38 years ago. Some of you may not have even been born 38 years ago. Others of you, it's half a lifetime ago. It's a long, long time. But we are called also to learn, not just to look, but to learn about the stories and the struggles of people. Not only does everybody need someone to come alongside them, everybody has a story. Everybody has a story. Who might those people be in our worlds, I wonder, in your worlds? People whose stories we need to learn. Not just look and be aware, but actually 
Go a bit further. Learn. Learn more about them. Learn more about their story, just as Jesus did here. And uh, they could be people who are lonely, that we don't even realise unless we learn about their story. People who, uh, who are living with mental or physical health challenges. People who are hurting. People who are struggling to cope in many or varied ways. Who might these people be in your world? Are you prepared to not only look, uh, will you look as Jesus calls us to, but will you learn as well? Learn about others and their stories. Who might these people be for us as a church community? Well, they are the people that our outreach partners are coming alongside. Are you attentive to their stories as the updates are shared with us as we gather? Are you using the prayer points that are available online in each week's newsletter or from the information hub here on site that, that have specific, specific prayer points and have specific stories there uh, and specific needs? And as I said, uh, the, the opportunity I had some years ago to, um, uh, to, to share with Anthony and Jacqueline in, 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 firsthand in their ministry context introduced me to the stories of some people that, uh, that, that I'd never met before but that really challenged me and that really moved me as I opened my heart and my life to them. We as a church community are called individually and collectively through our, uh, through, through our time, through our awareness, through our prayers, through our giving, to support coming alongside these kind of people with God's love and to be doing it in a, in a broader sense, but to be doing it through the, the days and weeks as well in our own spheres of influence. Being people of love who come alongside others involves looking, it involves learning, but at the heart of it, it involves loving. Love expressed in action is what Jesus showed here. Verses 8 and 9, Jesus said to the man, as he, learned, as he looked, as he learned his story, he said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. Once the man was cured, he picked up his mat and walked. Jesus expressed love in action. Jesus was concerned in, in a whole way for this man. And uh, he, he, he ministered to his um, practical needs, but he also uh, uh, later on uh, spoke about his spiritual needs uh, when, it, when he said in verse 14, uh, stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. He was, he was expressing love for this man in a whole sense, practically and spiritually. And we are called as Jesus' followers to, to, to show the same. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 reminds us this in the first three verses. I will show you the most excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but I do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy or if I can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and even if I have a faith that can move mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. Wow, these are strong words, but they're true. If I give all I possess to the poor, there's no more greater sacrifice. Uh, That's incredibly sacrificial. And I give over my body to hardship that I might boast. But if I do not have love, I gain nothing. What is this reminding us of? It's reminding us that without love, anything or everything else we might be or might do misses The mark. Misses the mark. Love. Being people of love is at the heart of it. Without love, we are missing the mark. 
as God shows us here. So what kind of love are we to be a people of? Well, our second reading today is clear about that. First John, uh, as, as Marg uh, read to us, those verses from First John, this is, what we know, this is how we know lo- what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Well, what, what's that speaking about? It's speaking about cost. It's speaking about sacrifice. It's, it's clear that, that love, as, as, as God calls us to, should involve sacrifice. It should involve cost. It's not just uh, love is not something that we just uh, uh, do when we feel like it, when it suits us. It's not something that's just, uh, just a little on, on the side. No, it should be sacrificial or costly. That's, that's the kind of love we're called to as followers of Jesus in our personal engagement with others, in our prayers, in our giving. But then it, it says in verse, goes on in verse 17, if anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Wow, that's a, that's a pretty profound and, profound and powerful statement. That the love of God is not in someone who sees someone in need and does not respond in love, in sacrificial and costly love. Our love is not to be selective, but it's to share out of what we've been blessed with in love. God has blessed us, not just for our sake, but he's blessed us to be a blessing to others. The love that we're called to be a people of love as God's people should be costly or sacrificial. It, 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 should, uh, uh, it, it should also uh, be something that, uh, that, that we share, not, not just something that we keep to, keep to ourselves, but something that we share. But then as we read on into verse 18, it goes on to say, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. In other words, it's to be a love in action, not just, love, not just something that we, you hear about, not just something that we talk about, not just something that we think about, but something that we do. It's easy to think about love. It's easy to talk about love. But that's comfortable, and that doesn't cost us anything. But friends, we are called as God's children and as God's people to come alongside others in love with what is described here in actions and with truth. What might that look like as we close? For me, for you, coming alongside people at their points of need in the street, in the street that you live in, in our places of work or study, in the people whose paths we, we cross in our lives in different spaces and places. And then as a church, what might that look like for each of us to play our part in being a contributor, not a consumer, in looking beyond ourselves through and beyond October in our giving, in our prayers, in our practical support of those that we partner with to come alongside people with the love of Jesus. Let's pray. Oh God, we thank you so much for your love. We thank you for your love that we have had the opportunity to receive and to rest in. Stir our hearts afresh with what it means to be recipients of your love, the greatest love of all, an incomprehensible love, a love that is, uh, that is not conditional, a love expressed in and through Jesus Christ. 
What a wonderful love that has changed our lives that we give thanks for. But out of that, stir our hearts to look, to learn and to love, to be aware and attentive and and acting in love. Whoever we are and wherever we are, in expected and unexpected ways. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, Stir our hearts to pray in love. Stir our hearts to give in love. Stir our hearts to act practically in love. Thank you so much for our outreach partners that uh, that we journey with and that we partner with as as a church community. And we thank you for the ways that they are coming alongside people in love, with your love. And we pray that, uh, the, that we would uh, partner with them in, the way, in love in the ways that you call us to, in such a way that, uh, the, that, that all that they are and do is uh, bringing glory to you. And so, God, uh, we thank you for the opportunity that uh, you give us, even this day and this week ahead and, and this month, uh, to, to be people of love who come alongside. But, God, we don't want it to just be uh, for, for a season, uh, that, that's not your intent for us. Your intent is that, uh, that, that, that in our lives as a whole, we are people coming alongside others with your love. And so continue to lead us and shape us and guide us in these things, we pray, for your glory and honour and for the extension of your kingdom. In and through the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.